and welcome to Sports Beat After Hours. I am your host, Hemahimuli Jr. Joining me, as always, is the other host, the local lovable Canuck himself, Zach Hicken. What's up? We're back. We're it's a short back. week. We didn't want to stay until like two in the morning on yeah. Sunday night. Short week, but also sports are pretty much winding down. I mean, high school sports are over till August. Um, NBA playoffs are, or the NBA finals are going on right now. But um, pretty soon we're going to hit a lull where there will be no sports. But it'll be great because we can catch up on all our TV and movies that we have yes. been have been slacking. Zach, we are joined today by. One of the most dreamy sports anchors I've ever seen. Uh, our new sports beat anchor, Sam Farnsworth. Is there an applause? No? No. Where's the applause track? There's only kidding. three of us in here. <laughs> We're not doing this in front of all Oh, the audience. introduction. I am flattered. My face is red. I'm blushing. He is. It's very true. But uh, I appreciate that. And And you talked, you know... Yeah, we're we're in a dead period. I thought of recruiting when you said that sports yeah. wise. So yeah, dead. so that's why I'm here, I guess, right? Because, well, I mean, we couldn't get Donovan Mitchell. Is why <laughs> right. Rudy Gobert just Rudy. got invited to some kid's birthday party, <laughs> right. so he's tied up for a little bit. But uh, no, we're actually happy to have you. Um, yeah. We wanted to bring you on a couple of weeks ago, but got a little distracted by this whole Game of Thrones yeah. thing, and you're not really into it, yeah. so. Kind of had to push it back a little bit, but my, we my, finally have you on. Dude, my favorite comment was after we like watched an episode and Sam was just there. <laughs> yeah. And he was like, this show's kind of boring. Yeah. Huh? It, was, it was the finale. And, and He's and like, I did. oh, well, right. so now that I know how this ends, I'm not really like too inclined to watch it. We're like, I, I did, I did ask. I, I wanted to make sure. I'm like, guys, I uh, obviously I've only watched one episode and it happens to be this last one, but... Right. It was kind of boring. <laughs> I'm assuming this didn't reflect the the whole series, but maybe the yeah. last season a little. I don't know. I I honestly don't know. I, but I'll be honest with you. Watching that last episode and then listening to your guys' podcast the next day, I enjoyed it because oh, that's good. because at least I watched the episode. Yeah. So well, what? thank you for not saying like this sucked. Yeah. You guys are yeah. losers. Well, the podcast was worse. Uh, actually, you know. Sam's not a fan of the podcast. We had to, like, entice him. <laughs> so uh, that Texas Roadhouse gift card I have yeah, for thanks. you, uh, I'll make sure to give that to you afterwards. Yeah. Um, well, I've Sam, already got a reservation. Thank you for coming on the podcast. We're excited to have you. Um, why don't you just, I don't know, mm-hmm. talk a little bit about where you came from, you know, before this. He's mm-hmm. actually, you actually were here before. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe just quick rundown of your journey yeah for sure it's uh it's been quite the the journey i like that word journey um are you a fan of the band journey i was about to start singing (laughs) but you just ruined it so um (laughs) don't stop i'm just kidding all right that is journey right yes okay good (laughs) anyway uh no uh, so my my whole tv career i mean it you know, Jeremiah Jensen and myself, we were actually talking about this just a little while ago here in in uh, in the newsroom, this the sports room, whatever, uh, a little bit ago, just where we all began, where we got started, mm-hmm. which happened to be really at Utah Valley University once upon a time. But but all of that rolled over into an internship eventually here at KSL with the sports department. And after the internship ended, I wanted to keep doing this, mm-hmm. but you know, cool. my badge no longer worked to get me in the door, <laughs> and. Um, and, you know, they were able to get me in once or twice more, but then they're like, look, if you want, want to keep coming, you're just going to have to get a job here. Yeah. So I got a job running studio cameras, and now it's all robotics. Oh, wow. So Interesting. The robotics is fun. They uh, actually prompted but, that. Uh, yeah, exactly. The, the change. The Yeah, the change after you got hired yeah. there. They're like, ah, oh, we can't have this Sam guy messing up anymore. <laughs> so anyway, basically that was, I did that, and then in between shows, I'd help with sports, and I did it for four years here. And they actually kind of created a sports position for me on the weekends oh, cool. where I didn't have to. So I was here for four years, took off to Colorado, was in Grand Junction when I decided I wanted to do the on-air thing, went to Grand Junction, Colorado, was there for about three years, went from there to Colorado Springs. I was there for um, um, you know more than nine years. So total time, 13 years in Colorado, and I'm back in Utah. How does it feel KSL. to be back? It's amazing. I, I always told people, it, it, things started getting better and better for me in Colorado Springs and more comfortable for me and my mm-hmm. family that I was like, you know what? Really, there's only a couple things that would take me a, away from this job, and 
at the top of that list was a job back at KSL. Oh, wow. I never knew if it would happen. I didn't know if there would be an opportunity or an opening again, but it happened. And when the opening came, I applied. They flew me out for an interview. I met you guys when I flew out for that interview. And when I Almost left... turned down the job when you met us. Yeah. After that, I was like, well, Jeez, Nate, I, I, mean, these guys. Uh, I don't know what's going on yeah. here, but some of these guys you introduced me to. <laughs> no, when I flew back to Colorado, though, I was on pins and needles for three weeks. Dead serious. I, wow. I Just because I was so anxious to hear an answer. I thought things went really well. So anyway, not to bore people with this story too much, but that's when I got the job back, I was more than thrilled. I was so excited. That's really cool. Well, we were excited when we found out because we were kind of on pins and needles. One, because we were down to one full-time anchor. Right, yeah, no kidding. Like when you actually did come in, all jokes aside, like you actually had fit the vibe and like the personality of like our TV sports department and we could tell cool. it was going to be a good fit. So um, we are very excited to have you. And uh, it's been great working with you for, what, the last two weeks? Two or, or three, three weeks now. About three weeks, yeah. Nice. Cool. But, yeah, I mean, but you had some cool opportunities in Colorado Springs. I mm-hmm. mean, it's a smaller market. It's, mm-hmm. You said it's around 90th, but mm-hmm. it's right outside of Denver. So you had opportunities to cover the Broncos, Nuggets, right. from Avalanche. A sports, from a sports perspective, it plays a lot bigger than market size. Sure. And for people that don't understand market size, that just ranks how many people are watching television wow. in that in that area. And, uh, you know, um, being that close to Denver, though, we were – yeah, Broncos all the time. Uh, that was a great experience. We were kind of the home of Broncos football for the right. southern Southern Colorado, and uh, that was an amazing experience for the last nine years. I, I've ex- my fir- one of my first assignments up there was uh, just Jason Elam retiring. Okay, oh, wow. and, and he he to me is a is a fringe Hall of Fame kicker. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, he was the kicker when the Broncos won their two Super Bowls before. And, and so I'm, I go up to his retirement press conference. I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. And then you go to training camps and, and I experienced the Josh McDaniels era. I experienced wow. him making a trade to draft Tim Tebow. Mm-hmm. I experienced Tebow mania in its fullest and it was wild. And then suddenly he's gone and the next thing you know, it's Manning mania. Yeah. It's totally, I mean, it was, a, it was an amazing uh, nine years of, of covering a team. That's for sure. Yeah. Super I mean, cool. we weren't in the media when I, – I can't imagine what it would be like to cover Tebow mania. But, <laughs> it was ridiculous. Um, we talked to Jeremiah and Matt all the time about covering Jimmer mania, and they said it's the most insane thing I bet. that they've ever covered in their entire lives. And I don't know – you know how Tebow Mania? Mm-hmm. Maybe we'll have to have that conversation. Yeah. How does Tebow <laughs> Mania t- compare to Jimmer Mania? <laughs> and we're just going to offend BYU fans cons. everywhere, which is sure. the point of everything that we do here at KSL, by the way. <laughs> right. Um, but really good at it. yeah, I, I can't imagine over the last nine years how many cool different things that you've. I mean, you you got to cover an Avalanche and a Nuggets playoff run, mm-hmm. yeah. deep playoff run mm-hmm. um, for both teams this season. Uh, did you ever cover? I'm guessing you covered like Carmelo Anthony, one of the yeah. biggest NBA yes. stars, and. You got to go to yeah. cover a couple Super Bowls. And yeah. uh, one of my favorites no was kidding. the one against the Seahawks. Yeah. yeah. Super Bowl 48, <laughs> New York. That was, that was a really cool experience. I'd never even been to New York City. Uh-huh. And suddenly I'm there for the, not only New York City, but I was there for the Super Bowl. Um, didn't go well at all for the Broncos, but <laughs> the experience was amazing. Two years later in, in Santa Clara, in California, for Super Bowl 50, uh-huh. and Vaughn Miller winning the MVP there. That was uh, another phenomenal experience. Just really blessed to have those experiences. Um, one of my first assign you, you bring up the Carmelo area. One of my first assignments there. I'd only been there for a few weeks, and I was covering the Nuggets in the playoffs against the Jazz. Yeah, and uh, or I guess I'd been maybe more than a few weeks, but still, I'm. I, and this is back when local media could still shoot games on the baseline, and so I'm there with a camera cool. shooting the Jazz, my team growing up as a kid, uh-huh. playing against the Nuggets in the playoffs, and. Um, there's a company that takes a lot of still images called Getty Images. You see a lot of their pictures, different media outlets. All there's uh-huh. a picture, and I didn't even notice it until uh, a coworker of mine pointed it out to me. I'd seen the picture, but I didn't notice it. There's a picture of uh, Darren Williams guarding Ty Lawson at the top of the arc. You know, uh-huh. Lawson's kind of backing him down, and in the background you see me sitting there with a camera on my <laughs> shoulder. Awesome. I'm like, no way. So. That's awesome. um, Anyway, so you're famous, you're famous. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, uh, but I mean, yeah, it was it was really cool. But at the same time, you know, coming here, I'm really excited to get to get back in touch with with my roots. As a kid, I grew up watching Sportsbeat. 
Craig Bowlerjack and uh-huh. Brad Steinke and uh, you know Rod Zundel and later on you know Tom uh, Kirkland. But I mean, I grew up watching that show. For me, that was appointment television on the oh, weekends. Awesome. I because I knew they would have my jazz highlights, and I didn't have ESPN yet. So yeah. jazz and BYU and Utah and whoever else. But I knew that's where I was going to get it. And so, growing up as a kid, every everywhere I've gone covering sports as a broadcaster, in my mind, I think of okay, who's watching my show? Uh-huh. It's. 10 and 12 year old Sam Farnsworth and, and, and his dad yeah. and brothers mm-hmm. because that's so I would try to appeal to me yeah. as, a, as a viewer and I hope that that's the audience I'm appealing to but I can't wait to get back in touch with Jazz BYU Utah uh, you know Utah State RSL all these teams here I can't wait to get in touch and to get re- reacquainted with them um, and then to report on them to, to the audience that that I hope is a, as passionate about it as I was as a kid growing up. That's really cool. Like your journey takes you full circle. Yeah, no You're kidding. now on the show that you love to watch. Right. Um, but I mean, man, a lot has changed. Since it has. Been gone. It's been 13 years. Yes. Yeah. So what has been uh, like the biggest change that you've noticed mm-hmm. like as you're getting reacclimated to like the Utah sports market? So um, Fans are still just as passionate about Utah Jazz basketball, mm-hmm. if not more so, which is great. So I don't think there's a lot of change there. There's obviously, in, in the 13 years since I've been gone, a lot of change in the organization and, and, and the way they do things. But for the most part, Jazz basketball is Jazz basketball. And, mm-hmm. and when they're in the playoffs like they were this last spring, I mean, it's crazy. And it's awesome. And it's electric. Utah is such a cool place when the Jazz are doing well. For sure. It is such a special uh, atmosphere. I love it. Um, Obviously, there's been a huge change in dominance in college football in the uh-huh. state. You know, back when I was here, even in 2006, the change had begun, uh, but it, it was still very close football games, yeah. BYU and Utah, still very even uh, season-wise, you know, win-loss records. They were still on, you know, they're both in the Mountain West still. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you know, the year I'd left to Colorado was when John Beck Ended a four, I think it was a four game losing streak to Utah by throwing the touchdown pass to Johnny Harling in the uh-huh. in the end zone. So oh, so so, but the shift had sort of begun, right. right? Yeah. And and now, so for me, that's a that's a major difference. Uh, growing up, BYU was so dominant in in their fan base, in their performance mm-hmm. level compared to Utah. I mean, Utah had a forty five seat thousand seat stadium that they wouldn't even come close to selling out. Mm-hmm. Urban Meyer kind of changed that, and since then, obviously. You know, uh, Utah's packed every weekend. Yeah. Their their atmosphere, their their fan, their uh, student section, the Mus, was created when I was a student at the University of Utah, and still they were having a hard time getting students to get yeah. out. There. That has totally changed the atmosphere at U of U football games. Though now that student section is electric, you, you they can't are even good. get tickets as a student. No unless kidding. Like first priority. My right. wife was a student at the U um, while I was going to BYU mm-hmm. and we would get tickets for both, like the student ticket right. packs for both <laughs> BYU and Utah and we basically for like the first two years of our marriage before I actually started working in the media would bounce back and forth depending on who was yeah. home for the weekend. Anyway, it was impossible to get a seat in that student yeah. section so it was like standing room only up on the top of the concourse leaning up against the fence watching utah games was like my experience for like my freshman and sophomore yeah. year of college and so that's uh, for me that's that's uh, a big you know something i noticed even in colorado you can notice the change uh another thing i noticed over the years is the how how rsl has been able to to get its roots firmly yeah. into the ground here. Because when I left, they were still a, a newer franchise, mm-hmm. only a couple mm-hmm. years, a year or two in, into the MLS. I was optimistic back then. I thought, and at the same time, you had the Utah Blaze. I don't know if you guys remember them. Yeah. They were the arena oh, football yeah, team course. coming in, right? Uh-huh. And I remember we had debates with, uh, you know, Dave Noriega was a sports producer back then. Now he's, you wow. know, on, on the radio on 1160. Mm-hmm. And, and Mike Grant, a former sports producer, myself, and some of the other guys, we'd have debates with them about... Um, which team would last longer? And and me and Isaac Halasim would be like, no, it's going to be RSL. We tell you, it's going to succeed. Oh, wow, and they're you like, it. and they're like, no, the Utah Blaze. And so for me, from afar, uh-huh. seeing seeing the direction of those two franchises is almost validating, right? <laughs> but uh, but to see not only the RSL but the MLS in general to see how it's starting to thrive in America uh, mm-hmm. for me is is fun to see too. So those are probably some of the biggest things I've noticed from afar from the last thirteen years. Um, 
but I still feel like I've got a lot to game. Hey, I mean, we're about to have a seventh Division One school in this state. Yeah. I tell that to people in Colorado, and they're just like, wait, what? Yes. Seven Division One schools? I'm like, you yeah. And I, I list them all off, and they're like, okay, yeah, I've heard of that one, heard of that one. Okay, yeah, I guess so. Um, you know, because in Colorado, you only have four D1 schools, Air Force Academy, Colorado, Colorado State, and you have Northern Colorado. Well, I oh. guess you have more than that. You have Denver. You have the University of Denver also, um, but they don't have football. Um, and, and, you know, that's similar to here, but they're they're blown away that the state of Utah has seven Division One college programs. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's awesome, you know, yeah. that this state is growing in that direction. So, Yeah, it's uh, – no, it's crazy that the MLS and RSL has outlasted three pro football franchises here. Yeah, that's oh true. <laughs> yeah, may the uh, Stallions rest in peace. Yes. So what, what am I missing? You got the Blaze and the Stallions. There was the uh, soaring flying – Screaming Eagles. Was that Some, indoor yeah, also? Like arena? That. Uh, it was Arena and – the fans could actually they had an app and the fans could, oh, they call, could the call the plays. The plays. I remember reading about down, that. Yes. They basically like cleared house yeah. with like the whole coaching staff because they weren't actually huge scandal. They weren't calling <laughs> they weren't the calling plays the, the fans were sending it. No kidding, because it was always Hail Mary or something like and that, right? So it was like this huge disaster and they're like blaming the losses on like the the fans that are calling the plays, but then it turns out that they actually weren't, and the coaches were awful. And I mean, oh, do you really funny. need coaches if the pl- if the fans are calling plays? I don't even know how the whole yeah, thing works. I don't know. I just hmm. remember there was like a scandal about it, and then the owner, like, I don't even know. The owner just wasn't super organized <laughs> with that stuff. Like, oh, dear. media showed up to cover it, and like. They didn't have, like, a, a media press briefing room. Right. And they didn't have, like, an area for, like, media to be seated or anything. It was... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's uh, it, it's crazy. Um, I mean, growing up here in Utah, um, I'm much younger than basically everyone in the sports <laughs> department. Um, but, like, you know, all this happened in my like kind of formative years of like mm. junior high, high school, like mm-hmm. all this change. And you think about, like you said, BYU was like the dominant power mm-hmm. and they still have a huge draw. Yeah. And there are so many BYU fans mm-hmm. here. There's so many passionate, but, or that are so passionate, but it's been so long, 2010 since the last time BYU was ranked. And I think the last time they had a 10, one season um, was when they finished 10 and 10 and three in 2010. And then, uh, I don't think they've been to the NCAA tournament since 2014. Right. That sounds right to me. Well, but and, and the fall, I don't want to call it a fall, but it, to me it seems like it. the fall of Utah basketball is kind of disappointing. Mm-hmm. University of Utah, that's happened over the last 13 years as well, in my opinion. I know they've made some NCAA appearances here and there, but it used to be a lock that they were not right, only yeah. going to go to the tournament, they were going to at least go to the second or third round. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me it's a little disappointing to see um, a program that had such tradition, and, and yeah. I, you could say the same thing about BYU football. It's a program that had Absolutely. such tradition to be struggling and to be where they're at right now. You just hope for both of those programs. At least I do, especially being a, in the media that covers them now. I hope for both of those programs to get back up to win games to to get some of that national uh, relevance again. Yeah, Absolutely. we care just selfishly because we want to be able to travel for games <laughs> and right. be able to like do cool stories and feature the players because they're going to be a draw yeah. so that fans are actually satisfied with our coverage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Let me ask you this. Yeah. Did you see this coming when you were, bef- you know, when you were leaving Utah to go to, to, to move on? Did you see Utah state becoming a sports powerhouse? Uh, not necessarily. Utah state had good basketball uh-huh. and I, I mean, you know, Stu Morrill back when he was the head coach, they were, yeah. they were almost a yearly lock at getting to the NCAA tournament. They were, they were, Always getting close to the twenty win mark, which now isn't. Mm-hmm. You know, now it's you got to push twenty five to thirty wins to really. But um, Utah State's um, in in football, the the strides they've made in football is has been more surprising yeah. to me than than, than the it, basketball. Than the basketball. So although the basketball side, I mean, this last year, uh-huh. you kidding me? They're talking about. I, I've heard multiple people, uh, when, you know, in the Mountain West headquarters based in Colorado Springs. I heard multiple people that work with them saying, "Hey." That's the team to look out for this yeah. next year. They're going to be nationally ranked and all this. So it, that's exciting because it used to be a two-horse race in right. Utah. Uh-huh. Absolutely. And, and as much as Utah State, and I may upset Utah State fans, but this is the truth. As much as Utah State wanted to be relevant, I think Utah and BYU would always kind of look at Utah State with a little smirk on their face like, yeah, sure. <laughs> good try, they, little they brother. They definitely didn't get you enough I mean? love. Yeah, for sure. But nowadays, Utah State is be, is is getting to that same level as them, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and, and so, and that's great. That's that's fantastic for 
the state to have that third team uh, rise up and and maybe even be the best team, especially in basketball. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely going to help. Let's talk a little bit about the re- people that are coming back. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of big names break recently. Yeah, we actually have an announcement from one of the players. Mm-hmm. Um, this is via his Twitter, Yoli Childs. This is what he had to say on his return. Cougar Nation, I want to let you guys know I'm coming back from my senior year. Let's make some magic happen. Absolutely. So Yoli Childs announced recently that he was coming back. Before that, um, Nemius Keta. The big from Utah mm-hmm. State, like we just were talking about. He's mm-hmm. he's announcing he was coming back. And then um, we had one more, right? Uh, Weber State's... Jarek Harding. Jarek mm-hmm. Harding. And there was actually a fourth guy, Donnie Tillman. So oh, for Utah. wow. Yeah, Donnie Tillman for Utah. Pac-12 sixth man of the year. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's, there's big implications for each of these guys coming back. I don't know what Tillman's role is going to be just because they have... They're going to have some changes with their lineup with Utah. Mm-hmm. Um. I don't know that they're necessarily going to be competing uh, realistically for like a, a top spot in the conference. So um, while he's their best player, it's not going to have an, an impact on the conference as a whole. These other three major, major, major pieces that for at least two of them, I didn't think that they were going to be coming back. No Jared Harding, he declared he tests the waters. Great player, but you know he he's raw. He's in a smaller conference. Mm-hmm. He needed to come back to school and. He has conference player of the year potential. Absolutely, um, he finished second in scoring in the in the Big Sky last year. Uh, led the league in scoring as a sophomore. Mm-hmm. He's been first time, sorry, excuse me, first team All Big Sky multiple times. Um, he changes the dynamic of this Weber State team that loses two of its best players, Zach Braxton and Bracott Chapman. Um, but yeah, Jarek Harding coming back and being that leading scorer is going to be a nice um, piece that they have. Oh, I mean, I'm excited to see a lot of these guys up close. I've been seeing my the extent of of obviously my uh, watching them over the past couple of years has been whatever's been on TV. You know, I did see Utah State when they were in Colorado Springs against mm-hmm. the Academy this last year. I didn't know who Nemius Keta was right. e- even in that game, though. Um, but uh, I, I think these guys uh, going, going through the list of these guys. I think. Every single one of them is making the absolute correct decision yes. Yes. Yeah, that's the most to come back thing. to their school, and and you can say what you want, you know. Oh, they're pa- you know. I saw multiple reports or, or people saying that uh, you know a guy like Yoli Childs, he passed down multiple opportunities to go to Europe and a lot of money there. You know what though? If his goal is to go to the NBA, right. if Nemius Keta's goal is to go to the NBA, if if Harding's goal is to go to the NBA, if these guys want to get to the NBA. The best choice for them to get better, go back to where you've grown and become yeah, good yeah. at. Don't try to go to Europe for a while. And I know there's great basketball in Europe, and there's players who come out of Europe. But how many players leave college to go to Europe and somehow cycle back through the NBA? It doesn't tend yeah. to work out that way. So I think every single one of these guys is making the absolute correct decision by going back to their school, the best place possible for them to grow in their basketball future. Well, and each of them, um, mainly these three Harding Childs and Kata, mm. they each have an, uh, a chance to leave a lasting legacy, mm-hmm. a lasting impact on their schools by going out and competing for a conference title, going to uh, uh, making an NCAA tournament, and making some noise. I mean, Utah State is on the was on the cusp mm-hmm. of doing very big things this last year. They just ran into Washington and couldn't get it done. But I mean, they're the favorites, like you said, to win the conference this year in the Mountain West. Hopefully, they aren't hearing too much noise, don't get inflated and just keep mm-hmm. their heads down and go to work because that covering that run last year for the Mountain West tournament and um, I actually had the chance to go out to the NCAA tournament. It was a ton of fun. Yeah. I want to do that again. So, Kata, like, yeah. go out there and do your thing, yeah. man, and keep it's, growing and declare after this year. And yeah. same thing with Yoli Childs. Like, with everyone that's leaving Gonzaga, um, Dude, Tilly, yeah. uh, Hachimura, and yes. uh, Brandon uh-huh. Clark... There is a, a major opportunity for BYU to climb, and even though it was a disappointing season last year, I think that Mark Pope and his staff kind of brought re-energized this uh, this BYU um, team a little bit. And uh, I mean, they they're bringing UVU's best player to, to BYU. Yeah, yeah, right. Like it's Jake Toulson's Toulson, immediately yeah. available. Yeah. Um, 
Harward has applied for a hardship waiver, and you know it, there's a good chance that um, they're going to find a way to get him get it done. So they bring in UVU's best big, UVU's best player, who was the whack conference Thomas, player of the year mm-hmm. last year. You combine that with Yoli Childs, and then who's two time first team All WCC, TJ Hawes, who is probably the best returning guard in the league, and. Um, and then you have Gavin Baxter, who's just this freak athlete. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good starting five if they're able to get Harward in there that can compete with any team in, in that mm-hmm. WCC conference. So, um, yeah, I, I think that, like you said, it's the absolute right decision for each of these guys, and they have a really good opportunity to leave a lasting mark and do something special that's going to honestly mean more for their legacy than going and playing in Europe. I mean... No offense to Eric Mika's decision. Right. And this is my last point. Um, <laughs> sorry, I'm very long-winded. No offense to this decision that Eric Mika made. It was the right one for him, he felt like. And if as long as he doesn't have regrets, that's okay. Yeah. But BYU fans aren't talking about, you know, the memories that they have of Eric Mika dominating no. against yeah. teams. No. Um, they're constantly talking about what if. And yeah. that would have been Yoli's legacy. Is yep. What if. It, definitely. Yeah. And I don't know when the last time was that, if ever, that the state has had four colleges in the NCAA tournament. I, I want to mm-hmm. say it's been possible before uh, with some of the runs Weber and Utah State have made before. But this could be a year. And I, I'm, not, I'm not making any sure. predictions, mm-hmm. but this could be a year that four institutions from this state are in the NCAA tournament. That would be really cool. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like like you both said, you know, coming back to the place where you developed is definitely the best choice. I mean, especially for Keda. I mean, he was what freshman of the year, What's freshman of the year, defensive player of the year, yeah. and first team all Mountain. He's West. so young. Like, think of what he yes. can do. If yeah, he and he's he's so raw. Like, yeah. he really is so raw. And like, just another year of getting coaching and um, being able to learn. I mean, Walt Perrin said it best after his mm-hmm. um, jazz workout was. Yeah, you know, I could see him being an NBA player, but kind of inferring that he wasn't quite ready. He's yeah. not ready. He got good advice. I was really worried that he was going to stick to his guns and stay in sure. and be a guy that like gets taken in the second round with a non-guaranteed contract, mm-hmm. gets waived, and then ends up playing in the D-League. And, yeah. you know, just wasting away his potential because he's not getting the same eyes as he would if he were to stay in college. Absolutely. Um, cool. Let's, let's, let me t- ask you another, a different question. We'll sure. shift gears a little bit. Sure. Um, I just wanted to ask you about like, how well were you able to keep up with the jazz while you were in Colorado? So when I was in Grand Junction, uh, pretty regularly because Grand Junction was still, I guess, in the considered in the, in the region for jazz basketball. So on, oh, so on, on, uh, it used to be called root sports, right? Before it was AT&T sports, whatever. Okay. The Root Sports Channel in in Grand Junction, I'd still get the Jazz games. Oh, cool! And and then I'd get Altitude TV with the Nuggets game. So I, that Grand Junction, I'd get them both. But I would watch almost every Jazz game. That was back when, um, um, you know, Darren Williams and Carlos yeah. Boozer, and they were able to get to the Western Conference Finals. And mm-hmm. and then it was the season after that that I moved to Colorado Springs. And I remember that March when I was in Colorado Springs, flipping the channel to what I thought was going to be the jazz game and seeing my Dish Network pop up a, a, a message on the screen saying, you are not in this region and this oh, yeah. is not allowed. So the extent of my following the jazz was just box scores, stats, the occasional story yeah. I'd read, and um, and when they were on national television, I could watch them. So you've never heard of Reddit? <laughs> well, come on, man. I mean... So, Sorry to put you on the spot. Yeah. That's how I watch my jazz games. I'm, yeah. a, I'm a cord cutter, um, and uh, since no one from the FCC is going to be listening to this, we're not going to get fined. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, Reddit is your best friend when it comes to that. But Sam, like, so the two best jazz players, yeah, at one time were with the Nuggets, right? How much yes. is that on the well, radar yeah. of the people there? So by with the Nuggets, um, so this is the way it works, right? And, and you guys know this. NBA draft trades, first of all, it's yeah. messed up how the NBA does it. They should just let them wear the hat of the team that they're really going to go to. Yeah, right? absolutely. No, I completely because, agree with Because that. in the situation with both Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell, when they were drafted by mm. the quote-unquote Nuggets, uh-huh. they were really being drafted by the Jazz in the agreement of the trade, and that's who the right, Jazz right. wanted. Right. However, 
because they did walk up on stage and put a Nuggets hat on, uh-huh. I let all my buddies and, and everyone, <laughs> and the thing is, is, in Colorado, I had a weekly uh, segment with the local sports radio station as well. They all know I'm a Utah Jazz guy. Oh, interesting. I covered the Nuggets fairly, and, and, and I was very pro-Nuggets when they were doing well, but they yeah. know I'm a Utah Jazz guy. I made it very clear. And so whenever anything happened with Gobert or with Donovan Mitchell, uh, Oh, yeah, I'd rub it in a little bit. I'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, the Nuggets. Oh, yeah, you guys yeah. blew that, didn't you? And, and whenever I tweeted anything out, I'd retweet highlights. I'd see Jeremiah's oh, highlight funny. reel or, or highlight reel that you guys would post or, mm. or that the Jazz would post of Mitchell or Gobert or anything. I'd retweet it with the comment, hashtag, thanks, Nuggets, every single time. And I will still do that to this day. Thanks, Nuggets. So, Fun fact. Um, Sam's actually banned from the Pepsi Center. Yeah, yeah, they won't let me in anymore. No, but that was, uh, yeah, I... I love to kind of rub it in that oh, even awesome. though even though the reality is it was a jazz decision from the beginning, right, I love to rub right. it in that, yeah, the Nuggets, you guys really blew that, didn't yeah, you? Yeah, they could have had so. Defensive Player of the Year. No, yeah. um, well, so when, when you aren't watching sports or basketball or whatever, what are you watching or what do you... It's a good question. Uh, b- baseball was my thing forever growing up. Um, I I used to be able to, and it's it's a lot harder now because this is my career covering sports. I don't... And being a dad with kids now, it's a lot harder to just sit down at home and watch whatever game is on. Sure. Um, but I used to be able to just sit down and watch whatever baseball game was on. I didn't care. I loved it. Uh, so the first time I covered opening day at Coors Field with the Rockies back in 2010, oh, my gosh. <laughs> that, for me, was like a kid in a candy store being oh, awesome. out there on the field. I'm just like... Oh my goodness, this is Major League Baseball. I'm on a field yeah. with Major League Baseball players. And even though I'd been in the industry long enough to not to not let that show on my face inside, I was just going nuts. That's awesome. So baseball has always been a, a big deal for me. Um still love it. I've after several years of covering the Rockies, I guess that's the team I'm most acquainted with and probably tend to side with most yeah. at, at this point. Um uh, I I grew an affinity for the Avalanche as well, especially when they're winning games. Uh, yeah. Hockey is just such a blast. Um, but uh, yeah, for the it, most part, if I'm picking and choosing what I'm watching, it's it's my teams back home in Utah. Gotcha. Whenever I could, I'd watch them. So. That's cool. Um, yeah. You probably don't have much time. You're always working and stuff. But what yeah. was the last movie you saw? In theaters. Uh, Can you remember? Yes, uh, because on my day off on Tuesday, we went to a movie with the kids. <laughs> oh, uh, because they're mean. they're tired of us looking at. Yeah, mo- almost all the movies I watch nowadays are rated G or PG. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we went and saw How to Train Your Dragon three. Okay, so that's my most recent one. It was good. Was it I good? like it. I, I don't know if you guys have seen it. I've seen the first two. So I this haven't. Is, it's pretty good. No, I haven't. None my son's only six months old. Hannah. Ah, that's true. They're, they're they're pretty good flicks, uh, and this third one was was pretty good. And and for the sentimental types, uh, you know, my wife, uh, mm-hmm. she she liked it because it does get a little. Uh, Don't I guess lie, more you cried s- too. Yeah, no, uh, <laughs> Sam's crying in How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> no, yeah, but my she she liked she liked how it ended, and so yeah, it's uh, that's that's the most. I'm trying to think of because I know I saw another one. See, didn't you go see a movie the, like when? Uh, were you saying that you went to a movie like the first night that you were here? Yes, I did, and I'm trying to remember. I went with my. Oh yeah, okay. Thank you for the reminder. Yeah, um, yeah. I was out here without a family. My family is still in oh, Colorado. Right. They're getting. Ready uh, over yeah, there, my yeah. best friend in in Orem was like, "Dude, Tuesday nights we do the discount movies. Come down." Yeah. Except he was taking his teenage son uh, and nephew to the movie. So the movie they went to was the Pokemon one. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I was actually, and I don't know anything about Pokemon. Okay, you know, I know you the, missed that era, right? Yeah, yeah, that was, okay. a little, that was a little after my time. The Pokemon Go uh, the uh, craze that mm-hmm. went on, I I didn't download the game, but I had friends who did, and so I kind of understood what was okay. going on there a little bit. Um, because that game... And maybe the game originates from catching Pokemon. Maybe that originates from the series as well. I don't know. But <laughs> but it tied into this movie, and I found the movie highly entertaining. Oh, cool. Uh, I re- actually really enjoyed it. I thought it was very funny at moments. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's uh, uh, Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds Ryan is, Reynolds, is yeah. the voice yeah. of yeah. Pikachu. Deadpool. And so, I, I yeah, so I have seen a couple of more recent movies, but the Pokemon one, yeah, I gave it two thumbs up. I thought it was entertaining. Oh, cool, because so, I like the Pokemon movie, too, but probably for different reasons than you Probably, because you probably understand it, it yeah, a little better. Um, but, but you haven't seen it yet? Dude, I haven't been to a movie. Well, okay, that just, we'll see, I saw the new Avengers movie, and I've been trying to see find time to go see John Wick 3 right. for like weeks, oh, and I yeah. just haven't. 
Um, but what I was going to say is you'll notice that KSL is like a Pokestop for like Pokemon oh, Go. so people would just and wander through. And so on through. Saturdays, oh, you'll see man. people wander through, through not the through triad our building, center. but like through the plaza on the yeah, triad center yeah. and like him and i make faces at these yeah, people because we can right. see them from our edit bay it's like it's like masses of like 20 30 no yeah, they, they're like big Huge. groups that go out and like sometimes they'll ride like those little like lime s scooters that are around but yeah, yeah we notice like people yeah. have, we had an intern kirk um who <laughs> let's be honest played pokemon while he was here <laughs> yeah <laughs> he admitted as much right at one point to us he was like curtly he was like uh, on, guys. You guys might have thought There's that I was right just there. playing Hold Pokemon still. the whole time, and he, but I was actually paying attention. He did pay attention. Yeah. Credit to him. He put together this fire Donovan Mitchell He's <laughs> like highlight reel for his rookie year. Um, in fact, Kurt is going to be joining the podcast eventually, eventually. with uh, Big Thunder. Big so. Thunder. Little tease. So right there for you. Not to take away from Sam, but Big Thunder <laughs> no. is our biggest guest that we will ever. Right. Nice, perfectly. Um, yeah, awesome. literally and figuratively. But yeah, so you'll notice that like people playing Pokemon yeah. Go will like walk through and crazy. Um, yeah, it's yeah. pretty funny. But but anyways, yeah, you probably didn't like get all the references no, of Pokemon but, in the movie. But, but so, and I was a little nervous about that. But I'm like, whatever. I'm going to hang out with my friends. I just yeah, moved back to Utah. Cool. It's been a while since I've had time like this with them. And so I went. And I was entertained. And I'm like, I'm glad that I could be entertained by a movie without having to know all the references. Yeah. And so I really enjoyed it. It was good. Do you think your kids will enjoy it? How old are your kids? So my oldest is almost nine. She'd okay. probably like it. I would I would imagine. So her, her my two daughters, uh, they're nine, almost nine and seven. So I think they would probably like it. Um, again, because you probably don't really have to sure. know. Probably yeah, so, they're cartoony little figures yeah. that are pretty cute, so they, they'll probably like it. How so many think, how many boys and girls do you have in your? So family? I have four kids. I have two girls. Uh, they're they're the older ones, as mentioned. My boys are four and two. Okay, and uh, so those are that's it. That's that's our four. That's our little tribe, and uh, um, pretty awesome. Uh, it's it's been and all of them are Colorado kids. All of them are Colorado Springs babies. Okay, and so. Uh, when I left Colorado Springs, you know, there's little sentimental things that tug at your heart when you leave somewhere you've been for so long. Mm-hmm. For me, that was one of them. I'm like, you know, this is where my kids, this yeah. is where my family grew. Yeah. This is So this is always, that was always going to be a little part of home for me, but it's always going to be their home. But yeah, so they were excited to come to Utah too, though. That's cool. So the youngest are four and two. Four and two. That's, boys. So Total I, boys. That's cool. Because like my son, he's four. He's my oldest. Oh, yeah. he's going to be four in July. And then my daughter, she'll be two this yeah. summer also. Perfect. And, uh. It's a, that's an interesting age, yeah. Right, right there. Um, your your son Zach is only six and a half months. Not even a year yet. Wow. No, I feel like you've had him forever. I know. <laughs> no, that's. Um, yeah, it you feels have a lot like to, it's been forever. <laughs> there's a lot to look forward to. No, I love to. him. I'm just. Uh, yeah. Uh, my wife and I work opposite shifts, uh-huh. and so. Um, I don't know. I'm going to give credit a lot of credit to like stay at home moms because oh, yeah, I do no not kidding. know. Yeah. How they do it because yep. I'm only with my son for like seven hours a day. Yeah. Um, yeah, ish. And I don't know how like people are like able to like get like how stay at mom, stay at home moms it's, get everything yeah, done, like no the cleaning kidding. and everything. Cause like by the time like I wake up and play for a little bit, I feed him, put him down for a nap, like I'm already beat. Yeah. And then he wakes up, we play more, I feed him again, then my wife gets home from work, we basically like trade off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to give credit to say. Well, the last the and- last six years, my wife um, was also the head women's golf coach for the University of Colorado Colorado oh Springs, gosh. and so um, you know she would travel a lot with her yeah. teams in the fall and in the in the spring, and I would do the best I could to organize my schedule where I could be home and take days yeah. off when she was traveling. And holy cow, those those three to five days that she'd be gone. And I'm just like, <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed the challenge. I embraced it. I loved the extra time with my kids and the yeah. interactions and the new experiences. But at the same time, wow. Yeah. When she came home, I was like, thank you for coming back home to yeah. us. Because, <laughs> yeah, women, uh, mothers, they're, they're amazing. They, they they're can do a lot of things that, holy See, cow. See, I'm complaining about one kid. You have four. You yeah. have two. That's yeah. wild. Um, so I think what we need is to ask Sam, with all his experience, all the years of experience sage that he has. Sage wisdom. Sage wisdom, <laughs> yes. For some dad advice. So dad advice. Basically, what it's going to be is uh, nice. we want to know like what crazy things that like your kids have done in the last little bit. It's not necessarily oh even advice. Gosh. It's just a catchy I'm, name I'm gonna for the get topic. Some, I'm going to need some advice in a little bit. So you, yeah. you go ahead. And- but So you're currently house hunting. 
and yeah. you're living in your parents' basement right now. Mm-hmm. What's that like being going from like a whole home to basically being cramped in a basement with your four kids? Yeah, I mean it's not it's not too bad, but again, I'm saying this because I'm gone. Because <laughs> you're here, yeah, right? right? Now. I'm at work a lot, <laughs> um, and uh, and lately, like you mentioned, we're house hunting, so um, we'll take a couple of them with us, or we'll leave them all behind, or whatever. But I'll tell you, here's a challenge with the kids when you're going house hunting. Because it's like, especially with my younger kids, yeah. it's like, look, you have got to just stay right next to me. Don't go running Please around. Don't touch anything. Don't, don't touch. break anything. This is someone else's house. And then we go into a house that's empty. It's vacant. The family's already moved. And they're like, oh, playground. <laughs> and they are just boom, 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 boom all over the place. I'm like, no, what's going There's on? There's something about like empty oh, houses, my though. Like, when you're going around oh, looking yeah. that like... It, yeah, it really is like a playground. Like even as an adult, I get excited like walking to empty houses, running up and down and stuff stairs, like that. It's like all yeah. this free in and out space. of closets. It's what is going on? Crazy. Anyway, so that's the most recent challenge with uh, with the whole dad venture that's going on. Yeah. But uh, I still wouldn't have it so, any other way. Let me ask you. I need some dad advice. Right okay, now. let's do it. So hashtag I'm happy dad that vice. hashtag dad advice. <laughs> uh, so you have a four year old son. Yes. I have a four-year-old son. Yeah. How do you keep him from peeing all over the place? He'll be, I mean, not in the house, obviously, he goes to the bathroom. But, like, when he was, he plays soccer right now. Yeah. And, like, one time he stopped right. playing soccer because he had to pee. Yeah. And we saw what he was about to do. <laughs> and that's because when he's outside playing in our backyard, he'll just, you know, pee on whatever. Pee on yeah. a tree, pee on yeah. a rock, whatever. Right. Do your boys do that, too? Or so, is that just mine? Is he crazy? No. My my older one didn't really do that, but my younger one does all the time. Okay. And so, I, I, as you're telling me that story, my thought is, and as a parent, it's different. Obviously, when it's your own kid, my thought is, get the phone out, laugh and record it. Maybe it's blackmail. Sure. I don't know. Oh, for but, later. <laughs> I, but still, I'll tell you what. My my two year old, all the time, even just like yesterday, you know, we're looking at house or something. It's like. Um, I need to pee. I'm going to pee on the tire, okay? Because when we're on road trips, we <laughs> right. just pee on, pee the, tire on the tire real quick. Yep. So, yeah, he's like, oh, I'm just going to pee in the sidewalk. I'm like, we can't pee on the sidewalk. This is someone's house. Yeah. This is not even our There's neighborhood. There's people walking around. And even if I have you pee on the tire, I don't know if we can do that. <laughs> this is not on the side. Of, this is in a neighborhood. Yeah. Let's find somewhere else. But, you know, he, he does it all the time. And he'll come up to us and be like, Dad. I'm like, what? I peed on the patio. <laughs> He's all excited like about already? it. I'm like, oh my god! All right, whatever. <laughs> Just tell him that whatever. he can get a sty in his eye from it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's what my dad used to tell I'm me. He'd get mad. Yeah. So um, my dad used to get mad because we had growing up, we had like this vinyl fence, and in the corner of like our backyard, we had this uh, this shed that my dad built, like a big brick shed. Uh-huh. And so we would, me and my younger brother, would go and sneak behind the shed. And then pee on the fence oh, when we're outside yeah. playing. Of like, of course, like yeah. it's way easier to walk in than like shimmy our way through this like <laughs> right. vinyl fence. It's like seriously like eight inches wide from the brick and like scraping ourselves up. But we thought it was hilarious to go and pee on the fence. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, we we would do that all the time. And finally, um, I got like a little infection in my eye. It was a sty, and my mom. I think it was my mom because have you been peeing outside? And I was like. <laughs> How did you know? And she was like, well, when you pee outside, you get a sty in your eye. Oh, and I totally man. believe that oh, for the that's longest hilarious. time. And my dad would like tell me the same thing. And apparently it's like an old old wives tale that hmm. if you do that. My kid then, would just be like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Let's see. I have another eye. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think uh, so what your advice for my son peeing, like how to stop it is either record it okay. with my phone yeah. or – Wait till he gets an infection. Be yeah, like, that's because you pee. The genuine, yeah. the genuine advice I would get is, and and I try. To, my wife doesn't care as much, and I, if she hears this, I, she probably does, but <laughs> she probably doesn't care that much when he pees in the backyard. Right. So my right. thought is, if I can get him to not pee in our own yard, then when we're out in public, maybe he'll understand. He mm. won't either. So is it hard okay. to train a dog or a four year old to not pee outside or oh, like where to properly pee. So that's what we're doing. So that's why when he pees outside, because we're trying to keep him keep his pants dry. Right. We're going through that process. <laughs> so if he pees and keeps his pants dry, I've got to be happy about right. it. Yeah, it's like, that's true. oh yeah, you get chocolate. Here right. you go. Right. Good job. Yeah. Try to do it on the toilet next time. Yeah. I would <laughs> say maybe kids are harder than if that's the case. My, like, my pediatrician would always say, are they going to do it when they're senior in high school? 
you know, whatever it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, is he going to crawl into bed with you when he's a senior in high school? Yeah. Probably not. Probably not. So I was like, all right, whatever. You're That's not answering true. my question. But yeah. <laughs> I guess I shouldn't worry as much. Uh, By my, the way, do you guys think pediatricians give good or bad advice? Mostly good. My dad was yeah. a pediatrician. Okay. That's why. <laughs> well, my, I think mine does because one of the best things he ever said was um, Hendrix, my, my oldest mm-hmm. son, he was starting to walk pretty early and we were like, oh no, like our house is not ready for him to be walking and we don't want to chase him down all that stuff. And he's like, well, all you got to do is like, if he starts getting up to walk, you just push him over. <laughs> and I was like, I laughed and he like, was like, I'm serious. You just push him over and then they won't, won't learn to walk. Oh, <laughs> no kidding. Like, yeah. And he's like, when they're ready, they'll learn to walk. But if you don't want him to walk, you just push him over. When <laughs> yeah. our, no, our pediatrician gave us the best advice when we first became parents. Like when we went for the first appointment, he goes, all you guys need to worry about is that your baby gets sleep. And is fed and yeah. it has a changed diaper. It's true. Everything else, it. you know, you might worry about it, but honestly, it's fine. Yeah. If you yeah. do those three things, your baby will be okay. Yeah. And that was like the best advice we got because Google was our <laughs> best friend for like the first <laughs> yeah, month that no. our son was born because I had never been around like little kids because uh, my, my youngest brother, uh, well, my only brother, my youngest sibling was, I was six when he was born. So I don't remember that mm. at all. Mm-hmm. And I we were the youngest uh, cousins in the family. So I was never around babies. And so I was freaking out. I had no idea like what was going on. I was asking him. I, I was probably driving him nuts all the time. I was like <laughs> asking questions like, dude, like when your kids were like a month old, like, do you remember this? And I can't even remember stuff that I was yeah. asking because like at that point you just don't even remember anymore. And Hema was patient enough to just be like, yeah. Eh, yeah, I'm sure it's normal. And he's probably just like, I have no idea what. <laughs> like, that doesn't sound good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's true, though. Like, kids, they grow differently. Like, my daughter took, for, like, didn't walk as fast as my son, you know. Yeah. But she's, like, talking right. before he did. And so, I don't know. This is Can't really compare. Yeah. My oldest was leaps and bounds ahead of, like, she was walking at nine months. She was talking in short sentences by the time she was a year old, which was wow. just crazy. Wow. And and we knew she was ahead of the curve with that. But even when our second was born 18 months later, yeah. kind of held the same standard a little bit. Well, yeah. must be genetics. Must be good. <laughs> oh, hey, this, she's... And <laughs> I so, am such a smart father. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So when she's not talking at, at you know, a year and a half, I'm just like, uh, what's wrong? And the yeah. doctor's like, nothing. Yeah. She's normal. <laughs> She's like, oh, okay. So yeah, comparing kids and their, and their progress is, it's, yeah. It, yeah, it does. So yeah. when number two comes along someday, Zach, don't worry if, if, yeah, they're not living up they're, to the yeah, bar, very, the standard. The expectations that my son has set. Yeah. yeah he's, yeah. he's quite, uh, or quite impressive as them. a child. Yeah. yeah. Or if they're exceeding him. Cause like yeah. you might have a girl next and like I did and you find out that like while you're while my son was a baby, I'm like, oh, is my son crazy or is he just <laughs> like, you know, fearless or whatever? Now he's crazy because my daughter's like the quietest, most calm thing ever, and uh, just confirms that. So, girls potty train faster than boys. That's what I heard. I'm excited. That's for my that. experience too. So, yeah, I'm already looking forward to that. There I hate, you go. I hate dirty diapers oh like, really? with a passion. my oh. least favorite thing like i was actually talking Buckle to one of my down. friends from college you got a couple more years to- <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was talking to one of my friends from college about like she was like um would you rather have like a, a poopy diaper like get spit up on i'm like spit up like 10 times out of 10 like i <laughs> hate poopy diapers like uh. they they're my least favorite thing and she's like oh if i got spit up on like Oh. I couldn't leave the house. Oh, that's like she'd funny. have to get, she's like, I'd go wash off and stuff like that. Like for me, I'm just like, whatever it's spit up. Like, yeah, I've been, not even bad. I've been dressed in my suit, ready to walk out the door to work uh-huh. with my, with my first child <laughs> holding her and then having to text my uh, sports director at the time saying, uh, yeah, I'm going to be out 30 minutes late. Yeah. I just got threw up all over and yeah. I need to change my <laughs> clothes and everything. The worst is when that so. happens at church. Um, oh, for some yeah. reason, my son doesn't spit up any other day of the week except for on Sundays. And then when I'm like <laughs> holding him in uh, like second hour, he'll spit up like all down my pants that I just got dry cleaned. Yeah, I've learned. Send the bill to his I've, mom. I've learned, <laughs> and I learned this from a friend of mine in Colorado. I have one church suit. That's it. Because yep. that suit's going to get thrown up on. It's yep. going to get 
dirty fingers wiped on. Yep. And so that's the other ones are for work. That one is for church. Yeah, <laughs> awesome. I had a friend who leaned over to me and was like, don't wear white shirts anymore and yeah. uh, <laughs> just get yourself like a cheap pair of pants that you can wear. Yeah. Don't wear a suit anymore. Like, yeah. Cool. All right. This thank you. Yep. You'll you'll figure that out once you get sharded on. Yeah, uh, that's happened to me. Yeah, that has happened to me as well. It happens eventually. Um, Awesome. But yeah, lots to look forward to. Uh, Sam, thank you for joining us today. Thank you. This is great dad advice. This is a good 50 minute podcast. 51 minutes. Oh, good. Perfect perfect length. Um, Yes, it was. (laughs) But uh, happy. Yeah. It was great. Um, but, yeah, thank you for coming on the pod. It was great. Yeah. We'll have to have you Anytime. again. Anytime. Um, a little later on when the sports happen again. Yeah. Um, we're, yeah, we're going to definitely be seeking your sage advice for more dad advice and uh, what's going on with sports because – Dad advice. You were – uh, <laughs> yeah. We we're going to use that drop for the yeah. next dad Dad advice. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's, uh, let's wrap this bad boy up, play some music, and uh, – Send everyone home for the night. Yay! But, uh, yep, thank you for listening to Sports Beat After Hours. I am Hema Hamuli Jr. He is Zachary Higgin. Good night, everybody. Good night.